Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. It is 11.06. Thank you, Scotty J. Gow and the Buffalo Bills. We'll be talking about your team on the way, 11.45, our NFL preview. Before that, John Mosellock from the Stiefel Sports Studio, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman, the president of baseball operations. Will be with me. Appreciate so many people who listen to that throughout the season and off season and appreciate Mo for kicking off 23 with another edition of his visit right here on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday morning at 11.30. I know a lot of people like to listen to that to get information. He'll tell us as much as he can about the team's plans here in this offseason, which is still ongoing. It's not like the offseason is over. I mean, free agent lists are are getting a little bit smaller. Uh, Spring training, though, hasn't started yet. In fact, it doesn't start for over a month. So, you know, just because the winter meetings are over, the hot stove is still cooking. Uh, it's, It's still lit. So we'll see what the Cardinals end up doing. It's not like it's over. Uh, so we'll talk to John Mozeliak about that here shortly at 11.30. 11.15, the voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly. Boy, has he been busy. Tigers playing in a bowl game. Tigers have a new offensive coordinator. Tigers basketball team beats Illinois and Kentucky. And yesterday they beat Vanderbilt after losing to Arkansas on the road. So we'll talk to Mike about all of those things. And I want to get his thoughts on the national championship. Uh, I saw someone mention this on Twitter. I don't know who it was, but I do appreciate it. Can we get a movement to have college football's national championship played on Saturday? This Monday thing doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's way too long, not only from December 31st with the semifinals to here this Monday, but way too long since the conference championship games and the end of the regular season, you got to wait all that time. And I know the kids have finals and I understand, but my gosh, I cannot wait until this college football playoff. I've been saying it and our, our former producer, Tim Klutzaritz, who's now the news director of a great television station down in Fort Myers. He and I talked about it back 20, 25 years ago. We used to sit in the studio and make up brackets. We'd said, why can't they do a 16 team playoff? Why? Why can't they have league champions and then a panel picks at largest? Why wouldn't you want to do that and make some money? Why create the drama and the controversy and the, the same teams all the time? 
get a tournament. That's what makes college basketball so great. It's what makes March Madness such a moneymaker. And now they're getting closer to that. They will have a 12-team playoff starting not right away, but uh, very soon. And I'm looking forward to that. But this national championship tomorrow is still going to be great. There's nothing wrong with Georgia TCU. Just on a Monday night doesn't do it. Play it on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's college footballs for Saturdays. That's just, anyway, one man's opinion, I guess. Although I did see somebody else on, on Twitter reflect that uh, very thought. Also, Travis Ford talked about a player during our conversation, and that's Sincere Parker. And I thought that we should play some of that because the Billikens, who won yesterday 78-55, over St. Bonaventure, it's a significant win. And this, I believe, is a significant development. You have now another scoring option from the outside. He is smooth. He can knock down shots. He is Sincere Parker visiting with Bob Ramsey. And joining us right now, joining us, Sincere Parker. He had nine points. He had three threes tonight with one of them at least. Ridiculous range. Sincere, how are you? Congratulations. Nice game. Um, good, you know, just finish the win at home, you know, just protecting our home court. So that was the main thing we talked about before the game, just protecting our home court and just come out first. Going back to UMass, you hit a long one from straight on. That was your first one. And since then, you've been in a groove. How big was that to hit that first one at UMass and kind of get your confidence going, knowing that you're a really good three-point shooter? Um, yeah, it definitely boosted my confidence um, just to see that I can make shots. You know, the work that I am putting in is paying off. So, you know, it just felt kind of good to see it go through. You know, my teammates giving me the ball, showing me they trust me. So that makes me feel good as well. So I just have to keep their trust. Am I right that getting a volume of minutes, you had 21, a little over 21 tonight, lets you not rush things, lets the game come to you. Is that accurate? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of accurate, but not really because, you know, it doesn't matter. I just <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, no conscience. <laughs> I just try to get in, help my team, you know. Well, however the game goes, I'm just going to try to adjust to it. Uh, today, like you said, protecting the home court, uh, not only you shown defensive uh, intensity as well, how much has that really improved in your game this year? Uh, it's definitely something that I just having to keep amping up every day in practice. You know, coaches on me a lot about it, so I just have to keep building on that, keep building on that. Great to see your success, Sincere Parker. Thank you very much. Good win, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. That's Sincere Parker. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Thank you. That's Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. from the game yesterday. Just I want to say a couple of things about Sincere Parker. He is not new to big-time college basketball. I mentioned Larry Hughes Jr. with Travis Ford about that adjustment to Division I. It is a significant jump. Sincere Parker has jumped uh, into Division I basketball. I understand that. But this guy's a player, just so everyone is aware. He is a sophomore. Uh, he transferred from Moberly Area Community College, so he has three years of eligibility remaining. Anybody who knows anything about Moberly knows they ball at Moberly. I mean, it is legit junior college basketball. Sincere Parker was a first-team All-American in the NJCAA. First-team All-American. That means he's among the five best junior college basketball players in the country. So this is not somebody who just rolled from high school right into SLU. He can play. He averaged 22 a game last season at Moberly. He shot 49% from the floor, 30% from three. He can be better than that. He's a good shooter. But 30 is not bad. 49% from the floor is good. 
for a 6'3 guard. He led the NJCAA in total points. Second in field goals, and he ranked sixth in the country, knocking down 96 three-pointers. He is a player, just so people understand. We're talking about an elite shooter. If Sincere Parker starts to gain confidence and is another outside threat for SLU, they could get on a run. Now, we all know this by now. They need to win the A-10 tournament to get in the NCAA tournament. Their non-conference was not pretty. Nobody in the A-10's conference, non-conference was pretty, so the league took a couple of knocks down, and a lot of people, including Joe Lenardi, the bracketologist from ESPN, they believe the A-10 right now is one bid league. So that's not good. But if you're the one and Sincere Parker becomes that threat that could help you stretch your offense out a little bit and get it going, I think it's a big development that in the third A-10 game of the year, he calmly knocked down three threes. And I just like the way he answered that question. I like the way he talks with confidence. There's something about him I really like, and it's the confidence that comes out and just the way he talks, his kind of fun uh, basketball IQ feels very strong too. I'm really high right now in Sincere Parker. Maybe too much so, but I think that you may see the development here over the next month of a player that SLU desperately needed. They needed. We'll come back, and a team that is ahead of schedule, that's the University of Missouri. They are fun to watch. The Tigers voice Mike Kelly with us next on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Nets on Goddard. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. From the Stiefel Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman with you. Sports on a Sunday morning. We are joined by a former host of this program, the voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly, is with us on KMOX. Good morning, Mike. How are you, pal? Hey, Tom. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's great to hear your voice. It's great to talk to you. And what a great time it is to be a Missouri basketball fan. They're a lot of fun, aren't they? 85-82 win yesterday over Vanderbilt. Yeah, they are fun. It's a, it, you know, it's a different style, you know, and it's, it, it's a much more enjoyable style, you know, that, you, that you're seeing. And, and obviously winning has, has a lot to do with that, but uh, you know, it's, it's been, uh, as you can see by the, the number of people that are showing up at Mizzou arena is that, you know, people have, uh, this team has developed an identity with its fan base and the fan base has been appreciative of the way that they played. Absolutely. And how much of that falls on Dennis Gates? How active was he, Mike, in planting that seed early with the fan base and in particular the students? Well, he's been he's been terrific uh, on all counts. Uh, I, I just so thoroughly enjoy spending time with him. He is uh, he's so calm. He's wise. Bef- he's wise beyond his years. Uh, he's 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 constantly thinking, um, you know, really did a terrific job going back to the spring and engaging fans and telling them how important they were to what his mission is at Missouri, um, actively being uh, involved in trying to get the students to come back to the games. I mean, meeting with student groups, et cetera. And so um, he and his staff have done a, have done a really fantastic job uh, throughout the course of the first 15 games. I just loved watching them. The way they played against Illinois was inspiring. The way they played against Kentucky, Mike. I mean, they 
they treated missed shots like they were turnovers. You missed a shot, you better get on your horse because Missouri's going to beat you down the floor. I mean, it was fun. What a great, great day that was. Well, and, and, and recognizing, you know, where you have opportunities to to take advantage. I mean, if it, you know, Missouri, as you've seen by the by the way that they've been out rebounded in each of the last two games, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's where you have to you, you can't get into half court you know games. You have to be able to to, to make the game a ninety four foot game, put pressure on people, uh, you know, using your defense to create turnovers, um, and then taking advantage of 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 what you do, and that is penetrating and pitching the ball and hitting open shots and taking threes. And so, um, you know, the, the interesting thing has been. And again, it's a group of older players, and so you know that that that's to the advantage of anybody in their first season. But the way that they've been able to grasp and really lock in on game plans each and every game that they've played so far, um, and the give and take that takes place between the coaches uh, and the players, um, you know, not only during practice, not only during shootarounds, but but during the course of the game, um, you know, watching Kobe Brown yesterday talking to the assistant coaches about what a what an opponent may or may not do in late game situations. And, and in this you know, reference, it was talking about Leon Robbins, the seven footer, and just as the timeout is ending, getting a, a input from Kyle Smith Peters, who had done the scout on, okay, where does this guy like to have the ball? Will he step out and shoot a three, et cetera. And so, you know, that type of attention to detail is the reason why they've won 13 of their first 15. Smith Peters, such a smart guy, really is always has been throughout his career. And, uh, as a player also. And, and I loved your interview. I heard it pregame before the Kentucky game with Dickie Nutt, my old friend, who I believe had the scout on Kentucky, didn't he? Which is why you talked to him. Uh, he yeah, he, did. he yeah. has uh, a great wealth of knowledge. This, Dennis Gates just has this, like you said, wise beyond his years. He has the big picture idea of what a basketball organization needs to be, I think. And he learned that from some of the best. Well, you know, Coach Nutt, obviously a former Division One head coach. Uh, coach Young, a former Division One head coach. Kyle Smith-Peters, um, you know, former junior college head coach and assistant at the Division One level. And, and what I like, Tom, is, you know, this is this is the confidence that Dennis has in himself. Is that, you know, w- when when they gather and, and and folks that have watched Missouri play, you've you've seen it halftime. They, they they gather in that circle before going into the locker room, and that's to first of all allow the other team to get off the court, but also to kind of, you know, like, okay, let's have a quick little recap. And after practices, after shoot-arounds, you know, the the coach in that circle will address the team, but then he'll look to his assistant coaches and other staff members to have them say what they give input in terms of what they just saw. Uh, and then the players do the same thing. And so it's just it's that give and take and that, that open, honest dialogue. Um, Dave Matter wrote about, uh, you know, the conversation that, Dennis had spending about two and a half hours after landing uh, late Wednesday, early Thursday, uh, landing back in Columbia, the the conversation he had in his car with DeAndre Golston, uh, just about, you know, again, just talking basketball, talking life, but but also talking about, hey, this is where we need you to impact this team. And so um, that that's that that type of uh, conversation and that type of uh, input and and the willingness for a head coach, particularly a young head coach. To, to not think it's got to all be about me, to be able to, to, to have that, that understanding, to have input from others, I think is huge. 
The Tigers win it over Vanderbilt. Great points, Mike. Tigers win it over Vanderbilt, 85-82, and it just doesn't get easier. Road games at A&M, at Florida, and then home games against Arkansas and Alabama within the next two weeks. Wow. Uh, Yeah, welcome to life in the SEC, right? (laughs) That's right. Uh, Football. This is uh, life in the SEC. It's hard. It is hard. And Eli Drinkowitz has learned that. He's had some good wins. He's had some tough losses, including one that he could have gotten against Georgia, the team that's playing tomorrow against TCU. I want to get to that in just a moment, but first, Kirby Moore. He's the offensive coordinator for Eli Drinkowitz with a nice resume. I mean, he spent that time at Fresno State. He worked under Kalen DeBoer, who was a very good offensive coordinator at Indiana briefly, now the head coach of Washington. This is a man who knows his X and O's on the offensive side, doesn't he? Well, yeah, and you know, obviously he's 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 adept at the game. Uh, you know, his, his his brother's the offensive coordinator uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, a, a young man that, that that's that's been around the sport for a long time, and, and certainly has his, you know, creative ideas that that he'll be able to bring into, you know, the coaches' offices and and, and implement during the course of spring. But you know, it doesn't matter who the coordinator is, right? You got to have players. Uh, you know, it's it's all about the Johnnies and the Joes, and not the X's and O's. And, um, you know, Missouri's got got uh, areas that uh, they have to be able to, I, I think, still fill gaps, um, you know, during the course of, uh, you know, the next several weeks, whether it be through the transfer portal, through signing players. Um, they just picked up an offensive lineman today. I saw committed from from uh, Eastern Michigan. And so, uh, you know, the, the, there's still spaces to fill. And, you know, the big question is for Missouri, and everybody knows it, is, is Brady Cook's health and, and, and how he does in terms of uh, the time period coming back from shoulder surgery. I think Brady Cook had uh, a better year than most people will give him credit for. Uh, I thought down the stretch he was he, he, he did everything that you want a quarterback to do in terms of his, his ability to, uh, you know, not turn the ball over to be able to get your team in scoring position. Uh, you know, certainly down the stretch in the regular season, they, they, they called upon, upon his legs and, you know, then you find a, find out that he's that he's done this with a, an injury that he's you know sustained back in week two of the season, and it really just uh, underscores just the toughness of that kid. But you know, coach's job is to is to recruit a player that's better than you at your position, and so you know, again, not knowing the timetable on his return, um, you know, I, I still think Missouri probably looks to try and add to the quarterback room through the transfer portal if they can do that. Um, you know, we'll see if that happens, but uh, I, I just think there's there's a lot of questions on the offensive side. I mean, you got to find can you find a playmaker tight end? Can you find more productivity from your wide receivers? Um, you know, you lost your most dependable wide receiver in Bannister, um, and so you know, young talent, but uh, young unproven talent at the stage. Yeah, the transfer portal is just crazy right now. Although we had Drinkwitz on not long ago, and he said, "I can't wait to do some portal shopping." You know, he's just he yeah. just has some fun with it and. They're going to do all they can to to stay competitive in that tough SEC. Mike, the SEC champion Georgia Bulldogs will be taking on TCU in the national championship tomorrow. How do you see this one? I mean, you know these two teams well. Yeah, you know, Tom, uh, until you beat the champ, you go with the champ. Um, And, you know, Georgia's closing in on something that – you know, very few have been able to do, and that is to repeat as a as a national championship. And certainly, Sonny Dykes has been unbelievable. 
Um, you know, and to imagine that, you know, <laughs> when Missouri had a, had an opening, you know, Sonny Dykes was not somebody they considered a couple of years ago, which is which is, is remarkable to me. Uh, but, um, you know, having said that, he did a terrific job. And, and, you know, talk about a guy that's changed his roster through the transfer portal. Um, you know, that's TCU. But uh, they've had they've had great seasons. Dugan's a terrific quarterback. Um, you know, they just haven't played Georgia. And uh, I just think that's a whole different um, that's a whole different uh, challenge for any team is not only how surgical Georgia can be on the offensive side, but just what their what their defense can do to to teams. And so, um, you know, and Georgia had their game where they escaped, right? You know, to to be able to come back and beat Ohio State. And, uh, I just believe that Kirby Smart has. I think Kirby Smart has and his program has taken over the mantle from Alabama in terms of the program that others are judged by. And uh, to me, uh, again, until you beat the champion, uh, I, I got to go with Georgia in the game. Yeah, I hear you. That is the voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly. Mike, you're so good at what you do, and you're so good to come on you're Sports on. Thank you. You're you're great to come on Sports on a Sunday morning. You know that anything we can do for you, we will do. So thank you so much for this. All right, brother. Have a great day. Appreciate Happy you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy There's the year. voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly. On KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio, John Mosellock is next. Welcome back to the show. We are joined by the Cardinals president of baseball operations on this Sunday morning. That is John Mosellock. John, thank you very much for being with us. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year. It's been a while, but, uh, you know, as spring training approaches, I guess we got to get back in the swing of things. And uh, winter warm-up, obviously, is next week, so... Uh, I think we'll be in full swing here in the next few days. Yeah, I'm heading out on the caravan with your guy, Randy Flores. I can't wait to do that with uh, Lars Newtbar. I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Hang in there. I like him. I like I like chatting with him for sure. Lars Newtbar, who, well, could be your starting center fielder. We'll see. Uh, Zach Thompson and Gordon Graceffo is going to be on that caravan along with Alan Bennis. I, I got a good one. I really did. I'm looking forward to that. And then the warm-up, which is at... Uh, live by Lowe's, a new venue, Ballpark Village, uh, and and all of that entire area. Really, Ballpark Village is the epicenter of that. Um, what do you think about that? And are you looking forward to that craziness? We haven't had all that in a while. Well, a couple of things. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we're back open for business. You know, I think that's that's exciting for fans. And and obviously, the last few years have been a little disappointing not being able to have this event. But I am looking forward to the change. Um, I, I guess, you know, you're, you're sort of used to your routine and, and how you go about it. But um, I, I hope this works. I hope, you know, the fans find it where, you know, going between buildings and, and, and still being able to get the experiences that, that they have in the past. I hope that happens. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing how everything unfolds. And, uh, you know, my busy day there is next Saturday. So, um by the time I talk to you next Sunday, I'll give you some feedback. All right, good. Oh, is that when you visit with the media and talk to fans and all that stuff? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's like a three-pronged approach. <laughs> I, I do uh, media, I do something on a stage, and then uh, and then I do do a little signing as well. Oh, gotcha. All right, big day, no doubt about it. And you're always good about answering all the fans' questions and handling all of those. I don't know many GMs and presidents of baseball operations that put themselves out there like that. So you've all, and that's not the only place you've done that. I've seen you do it many times. So I know you're going to get this question. You're going to get a lot of questions about payroll and about uh, talking earlier in the off season about 
resources. How will you handle that? I know you're going to answer those when oh, they well, come. I, but, yeah. how, how do you I'll handle it? I mean, honestly, I, I, I think like, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, we did have an opportunity to increase payroll, which it will be higher than what we played at last year. So that, that's fact one. And, and number two is, you know, just because you have resources, you're not just going to go spend it wildly on something that you know, doesn't make sense. I mean, we, we, we knew what we had to accomplish this offseason. We went into it with with the hopes of doing it. Um, and then as as other things presented itself or, or unfolded, it just didn't get to the point where we were excited enough to, to necessarily do it. And, you know, that might you know depress people or disappoint people, but, you know, my responsibility is, is – to uh, um, adhere to the franchise, adhere to ownership, and, and do what you know we think is best for, for putting together a, a winning club. And you know, I, I do think we're we're all, we are in a unique situation, maybe relative to other teams, where we do feel like we have some some emerging talent, up and coming talent, and you know, we just don't want to, to go down a path where we don't create that opportunity and then regret not having that opportunity for individuals um, as we enter 2023. So that sounds like, at least sounds like right now, that if you're expecting fireworks, big splash, something like that, don't get your hopes up. That's what it sounds like. Right. I mean, like you never rule anything out, right? Like, like something could present itself that makes a whole lot of sense that we haven't talked about or, or explored to this point. But in terms of looking at our club, um, you know, there, there's just, you know, there, there are, there are names that get bantered about that we're just not going to trade. And, you know, in doing so it, it, you know, it does, I guess, create some level of, of paralysis and something. And then when you say, well, what are you trading for? Like, you know, like um, right now, you know, the, the, the bet we're making is, is on Wayno, Michael Flaherty, Montgomery, and Matt. And, you know, you got Dakota in the wings. But, like, you know, you're, you're hoping that gets you a lot of innings. Now, I know people are like, well, some of those guys didn't pitch much last year. You know, what are you getting out of Jack? I mean, this, these are decisions that internally, like, we have confidence in and we believe in. So, you know, we'll find out if we, if we um, made the right decision or not once we play the season. Yeah, I guess it's just a matter of getting them on the mound and seeing what they can do. Uh, starting with Jack, what do we know uh, about his progress here in this offseason? Well, I think he's having a really good offseason. Um, you know, I, th- I think that's probably the one difference between us and the general public, right? Like we get, you know, weekly feedback from our medical staff, um, from our performance department, what people are doing, how are they doing. Um, so I think like offseason preparation, especially for – our starters have been, you know, really encouraging, but I could say that throughout our entire roster, um, you know, the decisions that, that we've made or didn't make are predicated on feedback we get. And so, you know, I'm pretty excited about what we're hearing. I'm certainly excited about this club. And, uh, you know, I, I always feel like, you know, winning the off season is not necessarily the, the, the best strategy in the world. Um, now I get it. There's some teams that have been ultra aggressive and, and, you know, you read about them daily, but, you know, we're fortunate. We have a really good core. We have good players and we have young players that are desperately trying to make sure they, they reestablish themselves in terms of contribution. So Cardinals, I think are in a pretty good place. We're, we're really excited about what we have, what we're hearing. And, um, you know, a month from now we'll be down in, in, in Florida and, 
you know, of course, that's when it all begins. One of those players is Tyler O'Neill, isn't it? I mean, it, here we are. Sure. Yep. I mean, you yep. think about Tyler, you know, two, a year ago, he was, you know, getting MVP votes. And then last year, he did not have the year I think he had hoped for, that we had hoped for. And and that's something that, you know, what can we expect from him moving forward? Now, you know, I can say, like, we feel like he's having a good offseason, a productive offseason. Um of course, you know, it's going to come down to pr- production. But when you think about Tyler O'Neill, when you think about Dylan Carlson, you think about Lars Newfar, okay, you know, got to go out and play, got to go out and perform. I think that's a pretty simple message to everybody. And then, you know, the exciting thing is, is we also have young guys looking to get those at-bats when you think about your Paz Burleson. And not to mention, you have a young man by the name of Jordan Walker He's going to start knocking on this door, and it, it's going to be a matter of time where, you know, his knocking is going to open it. So, um, you know, that's the part you got to just understand that, that, you know, we see what's coming and, you know, we believe in it. I mentioned at the start of this interview that Lars is going to be on my caravan. He could well be the starting center fielder. Dylan Carlson may have something to say about that if he's healthy and ready to rock and roll. And then you just mentioned Jordan Walker. I mean, it, it is open for Walker at right field, isn't it? And center field is open. Well, left field's open. Aren't they all open? Yeah, I think that's the way we're going to approach it. I mean, obviously, you can you can pencil in names because um, a lot of these guys deserve that opportunity because of what they've done. But reality is it's it's going to come down to how they perform in camp, how, how they've used their uh, offseason for that preparation. And, you know, ultimately, we'll, we'll probably have some tough decisions. But – Usually when you have tough decisions, that's, that's a good thing. Um, when, you know, I've been a part of many, many uh, spring trainings where you, you struggle throwing 25 names on it, right? Because you just have, you know, injuries, poor performance, et cetera. Um, but when you, when you really have a hard time making that 26-man roster, that's a good thing. And that means it was a competitive camp and, and guys came ready. You know, this year is going to be a little bit different. I think we, you know, all have to sort of, manage our own expectations on how the WBC is going to affect what we, we normally see in a camp. But nonetheless, we'll follow our guys that are playing the WBC. I think the biggest thing for fans, it's really going to just create an opportunity to see some of these younger guys get real opportunities in spring training where they're not having to split time with some of the veterans. I asked you about Flaherty. I should ask you about Matt's also, because that was a, a huge acquisition for you last off season. How is Steven doing? You know, Stephen's doing great. I, I think last year, um, it's. I think there were a lot of uncertainties with with what was going on because of the labor situation, how people prepared, what they were doing. Um, you know, all signs say that he's having a, a really good off season, and and he's excited about where he is. So, you know, I expect big things from him. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that I think is capable of, of eating innings. I think he's in a place he likes, and uh, I know he wants to be someone that makes a big contribution to this club moving forward. Adam Wainwright, you would never second-guess somebody like that. Every, every time you doubt him, he comes roaring back. Michaelis is a horse. Montgomery has a proven track record and showed you what he could do last year. So there's your five now, and you mentioned Hudson. I think it's a fair question to ask that do you feel like you have the depth in case something goes wrong? Because we have... Well, I, do, yeah. I, I do, because I feel like when you look at, at, at other names, 
but you know you you can throw these out there as guys that give you depth pieces, and, and obviously Dakota's going to be one of them. Uh, Palante would be one. I think Zach Thompson would love the opportunity to start. I think Jake Woodford can could be a starter in this league. I think Drew Verhagen is going to come for starting innings and and ask for those. And, and given the fact that it's the WBC, he might get to be able to be stretched out in, in a normal camp. It might have been a lot more difficult. So, you know, net net, I, I do feel like we have guys that that are you know currently on our forty. And then you also have like these emerging players, like you know, what's going to happen with Graceffo this year? Um, obviously he had a, a huge year last year, put himself on, on the national radar for sure. And I, I think he opened up a lot of eyes and then, you, you know, Livator a guy that, that made starts for us last year. I think uh, McGreevy took a big step forward. So, you know, it's, it's always going to be, you know, giving people opportunity. The, the good thing for us is, is we draft well, we feel like we develop well, and that, that model has worked for us. Wilson Contreras behind the plate. Andrew Kisner backs him up. You still have Yvonne Herrera. The catching position has been strengthened. You do have uh, – you had a desire at the start of this offseason to add some horsepower to the bullpen. You just mentioned a couple of names there, guys that throw pretty hard. Uh, but how, how do you see the bullpen as it stands right now? Well, I think it will be an exciting one to watch. Um It'll be sort of interesting to see how these guys we picked up. Um, we definitely added some velocity to, to the to, to the bullpen. Um, now the key is is going to be can they throw strikes? Um, you know, is it just a straight ninety nine or does it have movement? But that'll be something I think that we can watch as as camp unfolds. But you know, overall, I, I think you know it's going to be a competitive uh, camp because. Even though we kind of know the, the certain positions that are that are set, you know, first base, third base, um, you could argue shortstop, but it's still going to be where those guys aren't in camp. So a lot of these younger guys are going to get an opportunity to play all over the place. So I, I think it'll be a, a fun one to watch, and uh, certainly looking forward to it. Also, final thing, I know that you spent some time with Ollie Marmel in this offseason. The two of you traveled to talk to Wilson. I'm sure the two of you remain in constant communication. How is the manager? We're going to catch up with him, not today, but we will get him on the air here pretty soon. Uh, how is he doing as he enters year two? By the way, it's the first offseason he's had where he's been able to talk to the players. He had a, he had a deal with COVID yeah, and a lockout. <laughs> Yeah, obviously a, a very unique offseason last year for him. And, and I think, like, look, he's he's spending a lot of his energy just talking with some of our new coaches, you know, from a planning standpoint. Um, but he's, you know, fully focused on getting camp organized right now. Um, he's excited about what we have coming into camp, and uh, I know he's looking forward to it. And, yep, we still talk quite a bit. Um, spent some time with him yesterday on the phone. And, uh yeah, I know he's just looking forward to getting down to Florida and getting it going. Well, best of luck to you Saturday at the warm-up. It's a big day, John Moselock Day. We'll we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you Sunday morning and see how it went. All right, that sounds great. See you, Tommy. Good to talk to you. There's John Moselock, president of baseball operations, with us on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday morning. Great to catch up with him. It's 1145, quick break, NFL preview, the Kickoffs beginning at noon. This is Sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. It's a gutter. Big fly. Nolan Arenado. Driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It is Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Tom Ackerman with you. Welcome back. John Mosellock just a little while ago. I'm sure the comments are building here on our YouTube page, Drew, what do you got? Uh, what yeah, are people saying? Uh, people aren't happy, you know. They they seem to want more pitching. Sure. They seem to want like changes there, but I mean, like Mo said, he's kind of like you said during the break. He seems to be stuck on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, he is he's a believer in what he has right there, and it is certainly debatable. I I think now keep in mind that. You know, he's not going to tell you everything that's going on, but I think when he says on KMOX and, you know, the message gets to the players uh, that he is set on this team and he's a believer in that five-man rotation and the depth, I think that's what they're going to do. Now, Mm -hmm. if things start to fall apart and break down, uh, can they keep themselves competitive by the trade deadline and drop the hammer and throw down for a couple more starters like they did last year with Quintana and Montgomery. That's what was able to right the ship and get them to where they needed to be. Or do they go out and make a monster splash, a Juan Soto type splash, which they were trying to achieve at Mm -hmm. the deadline and they keep their options open and those quote unquote resources that they have. So what he basically said in case you missed it is that they believe in their rotation and they made the move that they set out to do was just get a catcher. They got Wilson Contreras Mm -hmm. and that's what they're basically rolling with. Now he said that resources, I'm not going to quote him verbatim, but we'll, we'll replay it for you. uh, Is that just because you have the resources doesn't mean you're going to wildly spend on something that doesn't fit for you or something that they don't believe in. So it's never been a team that throws huge contracts at a pitcher anyway. And if they were to land a pitcher, they would do it via trade. And it doesn't sound like the players that are being asked to come out of this organization are players that they're willing to part with. Definitely. So there like, you go. It sounded like there's somebody that people want, but and, he's not willing to And not away. deny the opportunity to those young players to go out and do something. So we're talking about, I mean, Jordan Walker's not going to get moved, but you know, somebody like Mason Wynn, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, mm-hmm. uh, Alec Burleson, he named them, uh, the players that they're going to 
see give some opportunities. They don't want to regret another, he didn't say this, but I will, Randy or Rosarena situation to come up where the guy becomes Babe Ruth in the postseason or Sandy Alcantara becomes the best pitcher in the National League, that kind of thing. So that's John Mosaic. If you want to rewind, it started at about 11.32, I think, on our Odyssey app. And a key block by the left guard, Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie. Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom Ackerman. Tom Ackerman up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that, that set him free. It's a first down. Okay, thank you very much, Marv, Bonnie, Westwood One from back in the day. That, of course, was the other Tom Ackerman blocking for the Titans. What a disappointment the Titans were, although, you know, they dealt with a lot of injuries and banged up, and, and Mike Vrabel tried to get them going, but seven straight losses to end the season for the Tennessee Titans. They lost yesterday to the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-16. to That put the Jaguars into the playoffs as the number uh, well, the, as the, the division champion uh, in the AFC South and a home game. I mean, you win the division, they're 9-8. and eight. You get a home game, and they're going to host the Chargers in the playoffs. Playoff scenario is quite interesting. Uh, right now, here's basically it. I mean, I'm not going to go through every single thing. It's kind of boring to say, you know, if they, if they lose, if they tie, if they this. Yeah. I'll tell you the st- straight-up easy ones. The Packers, if they win tonight against the Lions, they are in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they can possibly lose that game tonight. Could they? Well, they're not playing any pushover now. The Detroit Lions are good. And not great. They're good. And the Lions are also playing for a playoff spot. If they win and the Seahawks lose to the Rams... They get the help that they need. And the Detroit Lions, of all teams, would be in the playoffs, one of the woeful franchises in NFL history. So if the Rams somehow rise up and sting the Seahawks, and they can, uh, the Seahawks are four-and-a-half-point favorites this afternoon at 325. If the Rams win that game, look out. Detroit could well spring up and surprise Green Bay and go to the playoffs, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Packers will take care of business. If you're a betting man or woman, it is a minus five spread. Green Bay, I I think they'll cover that. That's a decent amount of points, but I think they'll cover that. I do like the Packers tonight. That's one scenario. Another one is New England uh, can make the playoffs also. They need a ton of help too, though, and I don't think there is any chance. I think the Bills, who are eight-and-a-half-point favorites, are going to smash that spread. Uh, the Bills are home against the New England Patriots tonight, and DeMar Hamlin, who is the safety who uh, was resuscitated on the field Monday, spent several days in ICU in critical condition. There will be a raucous crowd, emotional crowd there today in Buffalo. What a special day. That game is on CBS, by the way, if you want to – Check that out. I'm looking right now at Jim Nance and Tony Romo talking before the game. Uh, what a special, special day in Buffalo. And congratulations to all of those people there 
our hearts are with you for sure as they host the New England Patriots. So the Bills, if they win this, will play uh, the AFC Championship would be played at a neutral site uh, potentially because, well, it would be because those teams, the, the Chiefs and the Bills, would have played uneven records. So there is a possibility of a neutral site AFC Championship game. Uh, the plan was approved Friday. It could determine home field for a wild card between the Bengals and Ravens by a coin flip. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So the Chiefs clinched the number one seed in the AFC when they beat the Raiders. The Jaguars wrapped up the AFC South when they beat the Titans. The situation is this for the rest of them. Here's where it stands right now in the playoffs. Uh, you have the Ra- the teams that have clinched a berth. The Bills have clinched the East. The Chiefs have clinched the West. The Bengals have clinched the North. The Jaguars have clinched the South. The Ravens and Chargers have clinched playoff berths as well. In the NFC, the 49ers clinched the West. The Vikings clinched the North. The Buccaneers clinched the South. What about the East? Well, not yet. Uh, the Eagles have to win today, and they can earn that number one seed. Uh, but they have clinched a playoff berth along with the Cowboys and the Giants out of the East. The Eagles do already have a first round bye. They are not going to play in the wild card. Uh, as it stands right now, Seattle would be playing uh, at the 49ers, but there's still uh, work to be done there. Uh, the Giants would visit the Vikings. The Cowboys would visit the Buccaneers. And New England clinches that berth, as I mentioned, with a win or a Miami loss and Pittsburgh loss. Miami can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Patriots loss. That seems a little more likely. Uh, They'll be playing the Jets today at noon. The Steelers can clinch a playoff berth. If they win, they take on the Browns. No easy game there. That's a longtime rivalry. They need the Dolphins to lose and the Patriots to lose. That's possible. Maybe. I think New England's going to lose. The Jets would have to lose. would have to beat Miami in that scenario. So we'll see. Uh, you know, the Eagles can clinch home field advantage through the playoffs. All they have to do is knock off the Giants. <laughs> That's your team. Yep. Uh, so we'll see. It's going to be fun uh, regardless. I love uh, the NFL playoff season. I'm not a big – I have to admit, I have not watched an NFL game all the way through start to finish this season. I kind of pick and choose my spots. I'll watch for a little bit, then go do something. I'll listen. I like listening to NFL radio mm-hmm. more than I do watch it on TV because I like doing things while the game is on. Um, but I do like the playoffs. I really do, especially when snow is falling. That's always fun. But the, the NFL playoffs are a lot of fun. Yes, I miss having a team here, but it's kind of nice to not have a team. Then I don't have to deal with any heartbreak. I just watch for entertainment value. Although I am pulling for the Buffalo Bills. I've already admitted that on 50,000 Red Hot Watts. Thanks for joining us on KMOX's Sports on a Sunday morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 